0: Hello 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 this is Christopher Radiant Fire Radio I'm glad to be back with you wanted to share some things That I've been looking at Coming out of Russia as, Obviously as you know There's a lot going on right now And I am still of the belief That Vladimir Putin is doing Exactly what he said He was going to do and that is to liberate the people of Luhansk and Duhansk in the Donbass province and read some interesting things that I want to share with you on July 7th of this year there was a meeting of the state Duma leaders and party faction heads the reason why I think this is interesting is if you look at some of the news reports that come from the United States, from the uh, media elites, they're saying that President Putin is fighting a coup amongst his cabinet members, he's fighting a coup amongst the party leaders and officials, I don't see that. And I want to read this because this is a statement that was made uh, from this meeting that took place. I'm gonna post who all was in attendance um, on the website so you can read that. I just wanna skip over that. But there were all of the presidents and party officials for the different groups. For those of you who don't know, russia is kind of set up in a similar fashion as the united states where they have differing states different political parties and all of them join together to form the united federation of russia so just like the united states has 50 states and province in washington dc they're set up in a similar uh uh parliamentary type fashion. So President Putin leads out the beginning and he says, good afternoon, colleagues, Mr. Volodin, the state Duma's spring session ended yesterday, July 6th, and all deputies, I want to emphasize this, all parties made a significant contribution to the overall results sounds like there's no division there. I believe the results of your work were dignified, important, and significant for the people, the entire Russian state, and for the protecting our national interests and ensuring the sovereign, sustainable, and effective development of the country. This Duma session was rich in events and intense work It was very important given the scale and complexity of the task at hand. After February 24th, for those of you who don't don't know, that is when the the decision was made by Vladimir Putin that I'm going to help the people in Donbass province who have been crying out to me for help. After February 24th, when the special military operation began All the country's branches and levels of government needed to act decisively as a team and quickly. Putin goes on to say today, I want to thank you for working like that in a collected and competent manner and at a fast pace. I believe all parties have confirmed their political viability and maturity and acted in a consolidated and cohesive manner like true statesmen and patriots of Russia, for whom inter-party disagreements fade into the background in difficult conditions. We have many parties, but one motherland, and there is nothing more important and loftier than the fate of the fatherland. You have passed many resolutions and laws that significantly strengthen our system of social support and provide additional protection for our people. This was not just about the advanced indexation of pensions, which is important, an increase in the subsistence level and a minimum wage. All this was done without bureaucratic red tape and delays in a clear and professional manner but it was also about new measures on support for families with children, the extension and expansion of the mechanism for subsidized mortgage loans and additional guarantees for our heroic military personnel. There were also many other important decisions. I will not list all of them now since you know them as well and probably better than I do because you created them yourselves. So let's stop here for a second. For those of you who did not see the broadcast where I read word for word what Vladimir Putin said on February 24th because it was the transcript that he posted of what his goals was, what he was trying to do, what he was trying to accomplish with the uh, takeover in the Donbass province he still has not taken over the entire Ukraine state, which is what he has been accused of, which is what uh, our media is telling us is happening. This has not happened. He has only went into the areas and the territories where the people who are Russian citizens have cried out to him for help. Now I also talked about some of the things and I brought out how When he did this, he said we need to make changes within the government to help support these efforts. Whatever we need to do for industries, for governments, for whatever social programs we have, we need to streamline these things and get prepared to help our people. So they've done it. And it's only been, let me see, February, march april may june july in six months they have streamlined russia and made it stronger all under putin all under the guise of we want to help our people i don't see any division here i don't see any coups taking place i don't see any people objecting to what's going on. They're standing behind their leader. Think about that. How much more are we on the wrong side of this today? Let's read some more of what Putin says. I would like to acknowledge and thank every parliamentary party for the organized humanitarian support of the people of Donbass. I am talking about all parliamentary parties because the media has covered this work in different ways. But I know from my reports that all of you have been taking an active part in this. There's no division. I know that many deputies have taken an official holiday and gone to the zone of hostilities in order to provide help personally, often at the real risk of their lives. So this is how much they believe in what Vladimir Putin is doing. These governmental leaders who are a part of this uh, parliament, this parliament that's called the Duma, have all taken time, holidays, to go over to Ukraine, to go over to Donbass and help provide aid and support. Putin goes on to say they went to help organize and distribute the food, medications and basic necessities and quickly set up humanitarian aid centers. Some of your colleagues are still there, working as volunteers. This proactive, selfless effort is truly vital and greatly needed. I would like to mention separately that given the rapidly changing situation, the State Duma In cooperation with the government, continuously upgraded a series of measures to support the backbone sectors of the Russian economy and working teams of companies, including small and medium sized businesses, the IT industry and other vital areas. They got it together. They got everything together that they needed to make this effort in setting Donbass free possible. He goes on to say, as a a result, we have managed to preserve macroeconomic stability, which is crucial for the economy, to support employment, the normal rhythm of retail trade and economic life in the regions in general. The main transport and logistic chains to expand the freedom of entrepreneurship and enhance protection of businesses from excessive administrative pressure. An unjustified criminal prosecution. I know that much still needs to be done in this respect, but overall, we have done a good job. In a short time, as soon as in early March, several packages of anti-sanction measures were introduced in close contact with the government. So, remember again, when I, when I first put this out and started talking about this, Vladimir Putin said, We know that the Western world is going to place sanctions on us. We need to be stronger, quicker, more motivated, and we're not going to let these sanctions affect us. And they have been successful at that. Thanks to these packages, Putin goes on to say, the consequences of the Western countries' unfriendly and clearly hostile actions were minimized. So our sanctions didn't mean anything to him at all not only to him, but to the Russian people. Indeed, we understand and know this. We see that these illegal measures against Russia are clearly creating difficulties for us, but not as great as the initiators of this economic blitzkrieg against Russia were counting on. So they're having some effect. They're having some damage, but it's not doing what originally we thought it was going to do. Clearly, they tried to do more than just hit the Russian economy hard. Their goal was to sow discord and confusion in our society and to demoralize people. But here, too, they failed since nothing came of it. And I'm sure nothing ever will. So all of these false media reports that are out there about Ukraine and about what Russia is doing, All of these uh, reports about them having coups and trying to take uh, Vladimir Putin's position. None of it was true. In this regard, the example of Russian parliament as the highest representative body is quite telling. The policy of the parliament is based on the will of the people of Russia. I'm going to read that again. The policy of the parliament is based on the will of the people of Russia. Our firm position and conviction that we are on the right side of history. On the unwavering resolve to the vast majority of the country's citizens to uphold Russia's sovereignty and to help our people in Donbass. That's the only goal. That's the only end game. This is what underlies the policies of our state in general. The so-called collective West led by the United States has been extremely aggressive towards Russia for decades. Our proposals to create a system of equal security in Europe have been rejected. Initiatives for cooperation on the issue of missile defense were rejected. Warnings about the unacceptability of the NATO expansion, especially at the expense of the former republics of the Soviet Union, were ignored. Even the idea of Russia's possible integration into this North Atlantic alliance at the stage of ours, as it seemed then cloudless relations with NATO, apparently seemed absurd to its members. So Russia has been trying to work at peace. Russia has been trying to become a part of the European community and NATO, and they have been rejected. Why? Putin goes on to say, just because they do not need a country like Russia. That is why. That is why they supported terrorism and separatism in Russia and internal destructive forces and a fifth column in our country. All of them are still receiving unconditional support from the Collective West. This is us, this is the United States doing these things. We are being told, we hear some people say that we started the war in Donbass in Ukraine. Putin says no. The war was unleashed by the Collective West, which organized and supported the unconstitutional armed coup in Ukraine. In 2014 and we've talked about that in past broadcasts the united states under obama decided that we didn't like the pro-russian ukrainian leadership that was in ukraine in 2014 so we decided to go in and nation build and the reason why we have what we have today is it's our fault it's what we did Putin goes on to say, I'm going to back up just so this makes, makes sense, no, the war was unleashed by the Collective West, which organized and supported the unconstitutional armed coup in Ukraine in 2014, and then encouraged and justified genocide against the people of Donbass. The Collective West is the direct instigator and the culprit of what is happening today. If the West wanted to provoke a conflict in order to move on to a new stage in the fight against Russia, and a new stage in containing our country, we can say that it it has succeeded to a certain extent. A war was unleashed, and the sanctions were imposed. Under normal circumstances, it would probably be difficult to accomplish this. But here is what I would like like to make clear they should have realized that they would lose from the very beginning of our special military operation. Because this operation also means the beginning of a radical breakdown of the U.S. style world order. And this is true. The people aren't following the United States anymore because we have turned. We have turned corrupt. Putin goes on to say this is the beginning of the transition from the liberal globalist American egocentrism to a truly multipolar world-based, not on self-serving rules made up by someone for their own needs, behind which there is nothing but striving for hegemony. Hegemony. Not on hypocritical double standards, but on international law in the genuine sovereignty of nations and civilizations on their will to live historical destiny with their own values and traditions and to align cooperation on their basis of democracy, justice, and equality. Not for corruption. Not for money. Putin goes on to say, Everyone should understand that this process cannot be stopped. The course of history is inexorable and the Collective West's attempts to impose this new world order on the rest of the world are doomed. At the same time, I want to say and emphasize that we have many supporters, including the United States, including in the United States and Europe, and even more so on other continents and in other countries, and there will be more, no doubt about that. And this is true because as people start to see what, our country, the United States is really doing and understanding that we have, we are on the wrong side of this. And that if this was the United States trying to defend one of the States, we would, we would be justified in doing what we, what Russia is doing. This is what remains to be seen. But as true journalists go in there, as the free journalists go in there, the truth is trickling out and we're starting to see that the United States has been wrong in this error, in this effort against the people of Donbass. To reiterate, even in the countries that are still satellites of the United States, there is a growing understanding that their ruling elites blind obedience to their overlord as a rule does not necessarily coincide with their national interests and most often simply and even radically contradicts them. Eventually, everyone will have to face this growing sentiment in society. It's like I always say, truth will wait. And the truth of what has been going on in Donbass has been waiting and it's coming out and they're starting to see that Zelensky is not who he says he is. Today, these ruling elites are raising the degree to which they manipulate the public consciousness right before our eyes. Listen to how smart Putin is. I'm going to read that again. Today, these ruling elites are raising the degree to which they manipulate the public consciousness right before our very eyes. The ruling classes of the Western countries, which are supranational and globalist in nature, realize that their policies are increasingly detached from reality, common sense, and the truth, and they have started resorting to openly despotic methods. And this is what's going on in the United States right now. The West, which once declared such principles as of democracy as freedom of speech, pluralism, and respect for dissenting opinions, has now degenerated into the opposite, totalitarianism. This includes censorship, media bans, and the arbitrary treatment of journalists and public figures. And we're seeing that right now and if you say anything in support of Russia against Ukraine, you're wrong. Because you're not towing the party line of what's coming out of the White House in Washington DC. The the move to cover up the corruption The the sin that has been going on within the White House is why there's such massive support for Ukraine. They're trying to cover up the money laundering. They're trying to cover up the human trafficking. And all of this is being brought to bear. It's being brought out in the open so that other people can see what the truth really is. And that truth is that Russia is on the side of right. So, this censorship, this includes censorship, media bans, and the arbitrary treatment of journalists and public figures. These kinds of prohibitions have been extended not only to the information space, but also to politics, culture, education, and art, to all spheres of public life in the Western countries. And they are imposing this on the world. They are trying to impose this model a model of totalitarian liberalism, including the notorious cancel culture of widespread bans. This is what the United States is doing. If you don't agree with them, you're being banned. However, Putin goes on to say, however, the truth and reality is that the people in most of these countries do not want this life or this future and really do not want the formal semblance of sovereignty. They want substantive, real sovereignty and are simply tired of kneeling, of humiliating themselves before those who consider themselves exceptional and of serving their interests, even to their own detriment. And this is one thing that is going on. There is an uprising that has taken place because people in the United States are tired of what our government has been doing to us. Today we hear that they want to defeat us on the battlefield. Well, what can I say? Let them try. We have already heard a lot about the West wanting to fight us to the last Ukrainian. This is a tragedy for the Ukrainian people, but that seems to be where it is going. But everyone should know that by and large, we have not started anything in earnest yet. At the same time, we are not rejecting peace talks, but those who are rejecting them should know that the longer it goes on, the harder it will be for them to negotiate with us. What's absolutely silly about this is that whatever Zelensky asked for, Russia offers it, puts it out on the table, and then Zelensky still walks away. He doesn't come to the table because he really doesn't want peace. He wants to be able to control the situation and do anything that he wants and have Russia not defend its people. Russia is wise in not bowing down to what Zelensky's doing. But our press, our media needs to start calling him out for what he's doing. Colleagues, our patriotic state Our patriotic state approach is fully reflected in the work of the State Duma. In fact, it determines the entire legislative and political agenda. This is the way it should be in a democratic and truly independent state. I am convinced that for Russia's leading parties, a concern for the good of our country and our people, for the people who voted for you, who entrusted you with the high status of lawmaker and who expect honest, diligent service in the adoption of effective, fair, and deeply thought out legislative acts from a parliamentary body has been and will remain paramount. It is the people who will give their unbiased assessment of each party, including during the next regional and municipal elections in September. So here's Vladimir Putin expressing his support for the people to make their own decisions, to vote in their own leaders, to vote these people in, in the Duma for doing what is right. He's not saying I'm going to appoint people and you're going to do what I tell you to do. He's saying, has been saying, let the people decide and we're going to see in September what happens with their elections. I hope that the election campaigns will not harm the approach of partnership that we see here in the eighth convocation of the State Duma. Thank you very much for your attention. Please, the floor is yours." Now he turns it over to the State Duma Speaker, Vyacheslav Volodin, and he replies with these remarks, which I think are quite telling. Mr. President, colleagues. Mr. President, I would like to say thank you. Despite your busy schedule, you always give attention to the state Duma's agenda and we can always discuss it with you. And we are doing today as we are doing today at this round table. But I wanna start and I think my colleagues will support me by saying thank you on behalf of all the deputies for your decision to recognize the independence of the Donas People's Republic and the Luhans People's Republic, as well as your decision to launch the special military operation. We all believe that if it had not been for those decisions, there would have been a humanitarian catastrophe and a huge number of people would have died. So press of (coughs) of the United States, where is this coup? Where is this division? where's the strife and discord that you guys are claiming is in the Russian people against Vladimir Putin? Nobody objected to what this man said. And he spoke on behalf of several other people. He goes on to say, and today, when we're talking about the work of the state Duma, we see it as our duty in priority to do all we can for our soldiers and officers to provide their families with care, attention, and of course, create within our capacities a legislative framework to overcome the challenges that our country is facing. As many as 11,160 sanctions have been imposed on Russia. 11,160 sanctions have been imposed on Russia. No other state has ever faced so many challenges. Therefore, for us, it is a moment of truth. We must see our work differently, and as you rightly said, today we have only one party, which is our country. The interests of the motherland must be superior to any party programs, and we aspire to achieve that. Since January, we have adopted 361 new laws, 35% of which are of social significance. This is more than in previous years, despite the fact that to act promptly we had to hand over authority to the government, we could not do otherwise in the current situation. The number of directly applicable laws is growing, as per your instruction to the state Duma. Today, 63.4% of the laws that have been adopted are immediately applicable laws. Obviously, they deal with people's problems more effectively. Before they are adopted, the laws are open for discussion as a measure to improve the quality of our decisions. Therefore, it is extremely important for us to ensure that the State Duma takes effective decisions that respond to the current developments. The summer holidays will begin soon, and deputies will work in the regions. We plan to re, to approach this in a different way than we did before. On the one hand, we will try to pay more attention to our voters by working in the regions and solving problems that people face. On the other hand, we will use this summertime to prepare for the autumn session and to work on draft laws on import substitution and, create, and the creation of new Russian technologies together with the government. And of course, given the problems and the situation in our fraternal republics through Hans and Donets, and with regard to the requests made by our colleague deputies, we have agreed to help them with creating a legal framework to deal with the issues of healthcare, education, and social protection protection. They visited us several weeks ago and we discussed joint work within relevant committees so that such lawmaking assistance will be provided by creating model laws and harmonizing legislation so that they will have a legal framework to address these issues. So this summer will be quite an important time for us. We believe that it is necessary in view of the current challenges to restructure the way in which we work. And we plan to start doing this together with all parliamentary parties and relevant committees. When the deputies start working in the regions on Monday, I wanna thank you, Mr. President, once again, for all these decisions. We feel that there is dialogue and feedback. Your support is crucial for us. Thank you. Vladimir Putin goes on to say thank you. Listen at what the next person says. Mr. Zuyagonov, the Communist Party of the Russian Federation, head of the Communist Party faction and he addresses Vladimir Putin. Mr. President, this Duma started its work by taking excuse from the address you gave here in the Kremlin Palace. I am focusing on your address because it contains five main goals that this country should achieve. First of all, to become one of the five most advanced countries, and we have the necessary wherewithal for that. Then to stop depopulation and impoverishment and do whatever we can to acquire cutting edge technologies. That was one of the things that he talked about. But during four out of the past 10 months, We have had to live with a military political operation, which is crucial from every point of view. We fully support your decision to this effect because what is at stake is the survival of the Russian world. We must stop U.S. globalism. We must stop it, which is attempting to dictate its terms to the rest of the world. Moreover we must do whatever we can to prevent Nazism and Banderism from spreading across Europe. Last time when fascism and Nazism engulfed the whole of Europe, mankind paid the cost of 71 million lives, 27 million of which were the lives of the best sons and daughters of the great Soviet homeland. I made it a point to visit the economic forum in St. Petersburg where I followed closely your remarks and jotted down 26 statements. I felt perhaps for the first time that we are on the same page for every issue you identified. This doesn't sound like there's disagreement amongst the Russian people. I noticed even earlier when you were addressing the Valdai club that you said, yes, capitalism is at a dead end. Macron used even tougher language saying that it, capitalism, has gone mad. We see it run mad in the citadel of capitalism, England, and we must do our utmost to prevent the people who have not only gone mad, but have also decided to continue dictating their terms from igniting a great war. This is how bad they see what is going on. Our version of capitalism has become corrupt and it's corrupting the world. In this connection, our team has drawn up a victory program, 12 laws and a development budget. We we did our best to formulate the key measures and show in practice that these problems can be successfully solved. As for the military political operation, we have always called for recognizing the Donetsk and Lahence people's republics, Crimea, and Sevastopol. I must inform you that the executive committee of the movement of left wing patriotic forces held a meeting earlier today, and that each and every one of its 132 organizations across the planet which celebrated, along with us, the anniversary of the Great October Revolution and are now preparing to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the United Soviet Socialist Republic, all of them have supported our political line. We believe this is our common victory. In fact, I have talked with you many times, and I am very glad that you have strengthened our eastern wing. Your trip to Beijing and India, as well as constant consultations with NBRICS in efforts to expand this organization, this very powerful counterweight of the Anglo-Saxon idea of crushing us and then dealing away with China is gaining more and more support. I am sure that if you prepare an executive order, I believe my colleagues in the State Duma will support us we should celebrate the hundredth anniversary of the formation of the United Soviet Socialist Republic as a great national holiday, because then we fought the first battle against those aggressors who tried to enslave and destroy us. It seems to me that today the tougher mobilization of resources for implementing the program you have outlined is an acute issue. We have all tools for this. We have a well-developed program for new industrialization and innovations. I presented to you the program of the new university by Zoris Alfarov, which today shows examples of how to train students of the future. Now we're all watching your meeting with the future leaders. Look what faces, what interesting young people, what glorious ideas they suggest. After all, they are born everywhere, and in this regard, we're ready to actively promote this idea in Novosibirsk, developing the second phase of Akadem Gorodok. You were there and authorized this. Our mayor, Anatoly Lukatz, took up this idea. In our team, in our parliamentary party, Every third person has a scientific degree, like even Melnikov, and every second person in the party leadership does too. The idea of our own cutting edge edge technology has been supported greatly by Prime Minister Mikhail Mishustin. He has allocated an additional $100 for the development of electronics and robotics. And now the goal of developing domestic aviation is of, of, is of special importance for us. Um, I just wanna stop right here. What do you see going on in the United States? We're not doing these types of agendas for education. What do we have going on? We're not improving and encouraging the maths and the sciences. We're improving and encouraging gay rights, liberalism, uh, transgenderism. We're putting all of these programs that have nothing to do with society, and we're promoting them. But look at the intensity of the Russian people, where they're trying to make things better, for their country for their nation for their people history has proven that the homosexual movement only ends in destruction it's just there you don't hear any of this stuff going on in Russia in the states in Russia you only hear it in the United States so when they talk about United States globalism we're trying to promote and push this stuff on these people. I was watching something that was on TikTok the other day and it was uh, a preacher, cannot think of his name right now, but the preacher was saying that Obama, when he was in term, went over to Africa and nations in Africa and said you must start developing laws to support homosexuality. And the African nations told him, no, we don't believe in that. We're not going to do that. So what did Obama do? Obama and play in placed sanctions against them because they weren't doing his bidding. So when I, when it, when we're talking about capitalism being corrupted, this is what we're talking about. This is what the Russian people are saying. You, you can't do this kind of stuff and expect people normal people to enjoy to uh, to support this they just won't they just won't the idea of creating our own cutting edge technology has been supported greatly by Prime Minister Mikhail Mishustin he has allocated an additional hundred billion dollars for the development of electronics and robotics and now the goal of developing domestic aviation is of special importance for us. Y'all, we're we're behind. We're already behind. We also developed the New Virgin Lands Program, which we submitted to the State Council, and Vladimir Kashin, together with Nikolai Karatonev and Nikolai Kolometsiev, worked on this program. Over the last two years, we have added 28% in agricultural machine building. You know what the United States is doing? We're paying farmers not to grow food. We're paying them. Hey, don't grow nothing. Here's some money, sit around, do nothing. I'm telling you y'all, something's wrong. Something is wrong. In fact, this happened after you gave a direct instruction to the government at the state council meeting. I believe that we can cope with this challenge very effectively. I went to our famous Karav plant. Germans came to visit too. They were gushing over how quickly we had localized production and started manufacturing modern high-class machines. I'm looking at you. Because I I want you to understand, this is where we're failing, in our capitalism. What new manufacturing plants do you see going up in the United States? Tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow, Tartaristan will hold a big festival celebrating friendship among nations. We took a public enterprise there. Kazan Kovaskoya, similar to Pavel Grudenin's Lenin State Farm. We will show 100 types of Russian-produced equipment and demonstrate how we can operate in modern conditions without driving up prices and still producing food products of a very high quality. I believe that if we could promote this idea nationwide and build at least one public enterprise in every district, We would be able to fill up our markets with affordable, high-quality products and food will be our priority and litmus test. By the way, you set a goal of harvesting 130 million tons of grain this year. I believe this task is absolutely realistic, especially if my colleagues actively support the New Virgin Lands program in a three-year budget that we are already working on and the new style and your idea deadlocked. Capitalists are not only deadlocked, they are going mad. There is only one antidote because capitalism only creates Nazism, fascism, and Bandera movements. Nothing but socialism, nothing but socialism can defeat it. That is why I expect that in your next speech you will set socialist goals. I think even the United Russia will support it. Vyacheslav Volodin is smiling. I can see he likes the idea. He chairs major hearings on the main issues at the State Duma. One of the recent ones was a brilliant session on education. We are ready to put our law on education into practice for everybody. And look, you supported Andrey Klykov, to govern my home region, the Orel region. Thank you. It is a matter of principle to me. My entire home region is scarred up. There are 800 mass graves. More than 400,000 of the best people are buried there who were breaking the back of the Nazi beast during the defense of Orel, Kursk. This year, the Oral region, which is not a black earth area, will produce six tons of grain per capita. Six tons is the best harvest in our country. We have doubled the budget in Caucasia over the three years. The only Siberian region to do so. And even those who are called oligarchs are happy to pay taxes. They say they do not steal and instead do business. Support people and lend a hand to children of war. By the way, 44 regions have already adopted a law on children of war. I hope that you will support other regions as well. This issue has been around for a long time. We will organize a Red Route in Yulavnavisk with our Chinese friends. They are holding their 20th Congress this year and preparing a program for the next 30 years. It will bring significant profit, 10 to 12 million. We are renovating the Lenin Memorial Museum there. There is also an excellent program on advanced technology and aircraft engineering. Our parliamentary party will therefore actively support all the main tasks in this context. But above all else, we need to provide maximum support for the special military operation. We have sent 97 convoys, 15,000 tons of humanitarian aid to Donbass. We are helping the children to the greatest possible extent. We have accommodated 10,500 children at your business administration's holiday hotel in Senegiri. We are now actively preparing another batch of aid. I should say that your executive office is hard at work there. We have many interesting people there who have achieved a lot of production, who have who have achieved a lot at production facilities, who are quite tough, and who are absolutely pro-Russian because the fight against Russophobia is becoming particularly topical nowadays. However, persons with anti-Soviet views are more Russophobic than the rest. I would like to ask you, and have we already stated this viewpoint? Unfortunately, Russian culture and media outlets provide too much anti-Soviet information and we need to stop this. It is a complete disgrace because humankind has no other experience except that of Russian-Soviet patriotism and victory over Nazism. We consider this to be highly important. In this connection, I would like to ask you once again to revisit this note including a pardon for some of our comrades who have been punished. I believe that this is illegal. Please tell us to re-examine this issue together with Mr. Vieno and Mr. Kriyenko. We will find the relevant solutions that are now virtually available. The The consolidation of society and support is the main issue today. We will support your address In your policy to strengthen national security and unity in a joint fight against Nazism, the supporters of Bandera and American globalism. This is a matter of principle in our historical survival. Thank you. Vladimir Putin says, thank you very much. I have no doubts that members of the Communist Party of the Russian Federation, Vladimir Putin, are sticking precisely to this position. Regarding the socialist idea, there is nothing bad about it. We should flesh out this idea, especially in the economic sphere. Some countries have given it substance, and this is linked with market regulation forms, etc. This idea is working quite effectively. We need to look into this. Regarding the involvement of the state, The relevant debate focuses on the extent of such involvement and its forms. We should see how the state should regulate its economic activities. We will certainly address this during our discussions and debates. I assume that we will find these solutions while realizing that the interests of the people in the country are at stake. Thank you very much. Mr. Slutsky, go ahead please. Head of the Liberal Democratic Party of the Russian Faction. Leonid Slutsky, Mr. President, on April 6th, our party, the country and the entire Russian world sustained an irretrievable loss. The death of the founder and only leader of the liberal Democratic Party of Russia has had, Vladimir Zirinovsky, thank you very much for your condolences. I am meeting you in a new position today for the first time. Thank you very much for your consent to a brief separate meeting. I will report to you on a consolidated request of the State Duma Speaker and all Parliamentarian parties. Leaders to honor the memory of Vladimir Zirinovsky. We believe this is very important today for our society. For all those who remember Vladimir Zirinovsky, he was a great figure and as we are seeing his forecasts and estimates are coming true and will continue coming true in the near future. Thank you, Mr. President, for your personal trust in appointing me one of the four negotiators on Ukraine. You repeated today what I have said more than once and mentioned recently to our counterparts in Kiev. It would seem we have come to terms on the entire humanitarian package with the exception of a law on heroes. They wouldn't give up on Bandera and Shuk but unfortunately they reverted back to their initial positions. I said more than once that it would be more difficult, much more difficult further on. As for the party, I am grateful for the support from 300,000. In fact, a bit more of our party members at the Congress. The delegates in all branches voted unanimously for me as the chairman of the party. This is an enormous responsibility. For us, this session is very difficult but effective nonetheless. We submitted at it several dozen draft laws. Some of them have already passed. On the payment of the 13th pension to pensioners, the return of inflation-adjusted pensions for working pensioners, the increase of the minimum wage to 20,000 rubles, zero tax for individuals making under double the minimum wage progressive taxation, reimbursement of half of all housing and utility fees for combat veterans to name a few. I must say that today is not the time for party differences. Today we must consolidate society and rather move, and remove rather than draw dividing lines between political forces with a view to support the national economy and social obligations. There is no doubt that sanctions and restrictions against us will stall. In fact, they have already stalled. Two years ago, as chair of the State Duma International Committee, I addressed the sensible politicians of the world urging them to abandon sanctions and restrictions as a crude practice. As something atavistic and archaic in modern politics, more than 60 national leaders responded as well as UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. He recently visited Moscow, with whom we are now actively discussing Ukraine, and they supported my statement. Now we see the opposite happening. At the same time, you're absolutely right when you say that a reverse process is underway. European politicians, including European Parliament members in almost every country with almost no exceptions, no exaggeration here in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. More and more politicians, public figures, representatives of academia and science are saying that the approaches used against Russia today are warped and threaten the stability of the global architecture, that it should have become stable and secure now. We proceed from our understanding that the world order must remain multipolar, as it was determined after World War II when the United Nations with its dominant role was established. At the same time, Washington keeps trying to break into, into the Security Council. Unfortunately, it has prevailed on a number of dossiers. I am certain that we will be able to achieve our goal with the colleagues who support us. That includes the countries accounting for one third of the world's GDP. They are against a unipolar world where Washington can be the only pole of power. No matter how desperately our strategic friends in the West keep scrabbling, it will be in vain. In this context, I would like to support your statements. Our party, which includes people of different ages, faiths and walks of life, unanimously supported the special military operation in Ukraine. We send out big teams of volunteers, We also provide humanitarian assistance. I will report in more detail at a separate meeting. I should say that right now there is nothing more important than helping these courageous people who for eight years have been the targets of bombs with For the Children of Donbass written on them, solely because they wanted to remain a part of the Russian world and continue to speak and teach their children in a language that had been a mother tongue to many generations before them. Mr. President, the ideas you put forward 10 years ago in 2012 are more relevant today than ever. Vladimir Zaranovsky repeatedly quoted them in his speeches. Back then, you came out with a major policy article, Russia in a Changing World, in which you said that we must increase our cultural and humanitarian presence around the world by orders of magnitude and increase it by an order of magnitude in places where they speak Russian and understand russian this has not been done in full yet today we're asking the government to support at a breakthrough level relevant federal programs to promote to promote the russian world and the russian language as its cementing foundation i am confident that we can make it work even though we're moving towards this goal rather slowly given the circumstances it makes perhaps it makes sense perhaps a step of our efforts in this area. In 2012, you came out with another major policy essay titled Social Policy, Building Justice for Russia, which we also supported back then and in subsequent years. There is an excellent section in it, Preservation of Russia. Mr. President, you wrote that if our ethnic migration and demographic policies remain sluggish, we, one-sixth of the planet's land, but only 2% of the world's population, we run the risk of becoming, I quote, an empty space. The fate of which will be decided by someone else, of course, it will not be that way. We need to take back thousands of people. This was mentioned during recent world congresses of our compatriots, who are registered with our foreign missions and are willing to come back. It is imperative to create clusters with excellent healthcare and education we can afford it with the jobs and take our people back. This is the right time for doing so. Now, the spirit of St. George's Ribbon is simple simply flying in the air above the entire Russian world. No matter how far away people live from Moscow, it is necessary, necessary to support their desire to return home. To achieve this, we must take certain measures that were drafted long ago. It is simply necessary to strengthen relevant federal departments with state support mechanisms. No war and no cutting-edge weapons can knock us down. I will say without excessive pathos that we are the most combat-ready power in the world, but we may be knocked down if the education of our youth is eroded. We conducted a questionable experience on ourselves with the baloney education system in 1999. We adopted it quickly, but now we have to quit very gradually. Owing to Mr. Volodin, our speaker, we held fundamental parliamentary hearings. Rector of Moscow University, Victor Sadovnici, Sadov- 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 our living legend, also took the floor. I have the honor to head as president at the Faculty of Global Politics and his university as a public service. I must say that we should consistently move in this direction and restore the world's best educational system where representatives of political and business elites from over a hundred countries received their education. This won't take too much time. We started working towards this end and I would like to report to you on this and to ask for your support. Nothing is more important than a comprehensive education of our successors. Thank you very much for your initiative and all around support for the serious center. Now it is not just a center, but also serious territory, but this is just a part of what should be done in this area. We will work as the party and its parliamentary party in close cooperation as we're doing now with other parties to resolve the issues in our current agenda. We will work intensively, this is all important today, to enhance our national economy in the social sphere and implement our national projects. I would like to thank the government for maintaining close and effective cooperation with the State Duma as never before. We represent a party of constructive opposition and are ready to engage in a work that is coordinated as, as well as possible given today's difficult times. We are aware of the serious responsibility that lies with us. Thank you very much for the importance you are attaching today to parliamentarianism. We will continue to work. Thank you very much. Vladimir Putin responds, thank you. You began your speech with a reference to Vladimir Zirinovsky. I fully agree with you that Vladimir Zirinovsky was not only an outstanding politician, but also a multifaceted person who had broad knowledge. This explains some of his prophecies that are coming true. They did not emerge out of nowhere, nor did he read cards, but rather his predictions were based on knowledge and the understanding of the course of a situation and its probable outcome. Most importantly, Vladimir Zaranovsky was undoubtedly a patriot of Russia. This is absolutely clear. All his activities were built precisely on this platform. They say the Liberal Democratic Party has always been a one-man, one-leader party. As I see it, this party has its own ideological platform. Of course, Mr. Slutsky, it will not be easy for you because there is no denying the fact, let us be straightforward, that everyone is likely to compare your style of work with that of Vladimir Zaranovsky. I know that you have a style of your own. No matter what style you have, the overall approach that has to do with Russia's interests remains the same. This is extremely important. I wish you every success in your work. We will discuss details at our bilateral meeting. Thank you. Thank you. These has um, been very eye-opening some of the things that, that, that have been said, um, first by Putin and second by the leaders in this party they really are solidified in their movements and their efforts as a country as a nation um they believe in socialism and that's their right to believe that's their country's belief system um some of the things that we do with capitalism are wrong so uh some of the things they do with socialism are wrong i'm just i'm just reading you the information so that you can understand What's going on? Where they're coming from, and how they're coming by their decision-making process. But the key point I want you to understand is that, <coughs> excuse me, they're they are unified. They're unified in their intents and their efforts. So where we left off is uh, Vladimir Putin's distinct. Just uh the leader the new leader of the the Russian Liberation Party and now he's introducing the head of the Just Russia for Truth Party faction of Sergey Miranov Mr President let me start off by thanking you for keeping the good tradition of convening the state Duma leaders and party faction heads after the session. Thank you for highly praising the state Duma's work. Indeed, all parties represented in the state Duma united, stand united when it comes to legislative support, anti-sanction efforts, and the special military operation. So again, this is another leader who's saying, we're behind you 100%, Vladimir Putin. I have several proposals and brief points to make. I will start with matters related to the special military operation. Our faction submitted a draft law to give the same status to the people's militia of the, the the Nets public and the Luhans public and all other militias as our servicemen. This includes social protection and service pay and their future status as war veterans. Here I believe it is important to do the same for the border guards who serve in Belgorod, Kirks, Bryansk, Varanets, and in the Rostov regions, because in fact they are actual participants of the Special Military Operation. The integration process is underway and much remains to be done. I think the right thing to do now would be to create a dedicated agency or a commission to coordinate the activities of all ministries that will engage in the integration processes for the new constituent entities that are about to join the Russian Federation. This is what they wanted all along. I reported to you on the situation in the Kharkov region in particular, in the town of Izyom. I would be remiss not to express my gratitude to Mr. Kiryenko who travel to these towns for on-site inspection. I have a proposal to include residents of the Kharkov region in your executive order of April 24th, which covers the simplified procedure for granting Ukrainian citizens the citizenship of the Russian Federation. As far as customs regulations are concerned, I reported to you on that as well. Certain measures have been taken. However, we introduce, we introduce a special draft law that introduces customs regulations for goods transported across the Russian border to the territory of the Donetsk People's Republic, the Lugansk People's Republic, and in, in Ukraine in general. That is similar to customs regulations with the EAEU countries. Mr. President, as has been customary since 2009, Combat veterans gathered on Pokhlanaya Hill on July 1. Those are veterans from the era before Afghanistan, as we know. There was Korea, Algeria, Egypt, Cuba, Vietnam, Laos, Angola, Ethiopia, and Syria. After Afghanistan, there was Yugoslavia, Georgia, the former Soviet republics, Tajikistan, Karabakh, and again Syria. Now a special military operation. The combat veterans proposed making July 1 a formal combat veterans day and putting this date on our holiday calendar. Now on to several unresolved issues and questions regarding the socio-economic situation in our country. You issued instructions, Mr. Sletsky mentioned them, that the government should do something about adjusting the pensions of working pensioners. So far, no decision has been made in working pensioners, about 7 million of them are eagerly anticipating one. Price control. You set this task both with regard to foodstuffs and medicines. There are concrete proposals. By the way, our party's group in parliament has submitted respective legislative proposals on everything that I'm speaking about. A while back, we made a great decision concerning a retail trade and retail chains. We canceled the so called marketing levies, and immediately the prices somewhat stabilized. The same story is unfolding in the chemist shops. Regretfully, medication suppliers have to pay this marketing levy, which is naturally included in the price of the medications. It doesn't really suit people's budgets. There is a proposal to bring down the added value tax to 5% on socially important food products children's goods, medications, and books. We also raised the issue of the limit on on people's own expenses on utilities bills. The general federal standard is 22%. In Moscow, it is 10%. In many constituent entities of the federation, 15% or other different numbers. We still propose to set a federal standard so that people do not pay more than 15% on utilities bills. We made calculations with the finance ministry. It requires 25.5 billion rubles. There is a proposal to establish a so-called alimony fund. I think all of the MPs present here get a lot of mail and as a rule, it comes from women. They are unable to find hapless fathers who flee, do not pay child support, and the women do not have means to take care of the child. Here is the proposal and there is a respective Initiative. Let the government pay average alimony. It will be easier for the state to find a debtor, get him over the barrel, and demand from him everything he owes, so that women and children do not suffer. And one more proposal. Thank you for introducing the first graduated income tax as of January 1, 2021. Those who earn over 5 million rubles pay 15% tax. I am going to give you the numbers. The finance ministry expected to collect 60 billion rubles but it got 82.5 billion, 30% more. There is more room to grow. We have submitted a bill. Those with an income of over 50 million rubles per year should pay 18%, whereas those who get wages below minimum wage level, unfortunately there are such wages, should be exempted from income tax. Mr. President, Mr. President, I request a brief conversation with you after the meeting. Thank you very much. Vladimir Putin, thank you very much for your proposals. Concerning equating Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic servicemen and Russian servicemen, I fully support this. Moreover, it is being implemented in practice, and if some matters are not yet streamlined, we need to look into it and get it done by all means. This also concerns our border guards. The Federal Security Service came up with such a proposal and I agree with it. We will also speak about the other issues. Thank you very much. Please, Mr. Necheyev. Head of the New People Parliament Party, Alex Necheyev. Mr. President, from day one, I have supported your decision on the special military operation in Ukraine. And I think it is motivated not only by concern for the residents of Donbass and the citizens of Russia, but also this decision gives Russia back its place in history. A country, a nation that shows other countries and nations what real sovereignty is, what real freedom is in the modern world, and thereby changes this world. Sovereignty in all spheres, social, political, military, and economic. Now we can see... Despite the difficulties we had, especially during the first months, that in general, my fellow industrialists tell me, many chains have been restored. The situation has become more stable and people have begun to think that there are new opportunities to think about development. Although the era of capitalism is coming to an end, capital itself remains. People have started to think about long money. We are now working with the Ministry of Industry and Trade and the Russian Direct Investment Fund to prepare package solutions for financing high-quality, medium-sized Russian companies. The funds will will be used for their development and will be ready for investment both in the form of convertible loans and as a direct capital contribution. The first few pilot projects have already been selected. One of them is the production of kitchenware. The company was developing as it was, without additional funding, but now we can see that in the next year or two the company will be able to make the same leap in the market, both domestic and foreign, as it would in five years if it developed without capital. There are a lot of examples like that. I think that if you promote this idea and if you support such medium-sized companies, the Ministry of Industry and Trade... (coughs) and the RDIF will hear such a signal. But of course we see, and of course you know, that the elites of the Anglo-Saxon countries have introduced prohibitive duties of up to 35% on our Russian goods, turning a blind eye to the agreements, agreements previously reached under the World Trade Organization. We have not yet responded in any way to these countries. Maybe it is time to introduce mirror duties. It is a long procedure because we are members of the European, we are members of the EAUEU. We will have to agree on it, but the sooner we start, the sooner we can introduce them. There are also such things as Poland, for example. Poland has simply grabbed business, property, goods, and money from about 50 of, 50 of our companies. You know this well. It is interesting that simultaneously with the official part of such attacks on us and this piratical robbery, they introduce unofficial ones as well. There are also several companies that used to sell their goods in Poland well. Now all the networks are refusing them and not paying for goods already delivered. Piracy is not only taking place at the state level, but also at the level of economic entities probably some kind of Anglo-Saxon DNA, has settled in Poland as well. Interesting, Poland is a location area for the production sites of many multinational corporations from unfriendly countries. It is a place where they manufacture goods for the entire CIS in Eastern Europe. As Gleb Zeglov would say, they have a rookery of these production sites. TNCs. Maybe, let's introduce an embargo on goods manufactured in Poland, based on the commodity groups that we also manufacture in Russia. We are ready to prepare this list together with the Ministry of Industry and trade and other relevant ministries if in general the time for this idea has come, or maybe will soon come. Our companies are prepared now and ready to respond. Mr. President, thank you very much for your speech at the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum, and it inspired a lot of people. Among other things, you said that it is necessary to give more freedom to entrepreneurs and reduce the number of criminal cases based on economic criminal law. We have not changed the parameters for determining the transition from administrative responsibility to criminal responsibility depending on the amount of damage for over 10 years. No one says, and I do not suggest that we should be irresponsible, but there are absurdities in a number of cases. For example, article 180 of the criminal code on counterfeiting, in it, major damage is punishable by fines and community service for up to two years, correctional labor for up to two years, and imprisonment for up to two years with a fine. In this context, Major damage in this statute is defined as 250,000 rubles. This is real money, but maybe it is already possible to adjust it, and maybe in general, we should take a look at considering the new conditions. After all, 250,000 rubles of damage is probably some past, is from some past life already. Of course, no one is take, talking about irresponsibility. There is just an administrative form and it may be sufficient. Back in May we drafted a relevant law, received a positive assessment from the Supreme Court, and since May 19 have been waiting for the government's response. So far we have not received any. This decision does not require that extra funds be allocated by the government, quite the opposite. It will allow the detention centers to reduce prison overcrowding if necessary it will boost confidence in many people particularly honest people who have committed mis- who have committed mistakes we are not afraid of making mistakes and being charged with an administrative offense is better than with a criminal one i am asking you to instruct the government to take decision as soon as possible the government might also remember that you talked about this at the st petersburg international economic forum mr president Last autumn, I told you about a plan to develop a nationwide youth education program. I am in business. We did it. The program was launched in 62 regions across Russia six months ago. Over this six month period, we have trained 10,000 students and we will train another 40,000 in the second half of the year. Next year, we plan to reach 200,000 university students and about 300,000 students from vocational educational colleges and schools. Both the Ministry of Education and Science and Rosmoladez, the Federal Agency for Youth Affairs, are helping us a lot in carrying out this program. We plan to team up with them to hold a Russian National Education Forum in November in one of the regions. We're discussing if Tomasz or Yekaterinburg might host the forum we invite you to take part in this event in any format that is convenient for you by attending it in person or online because it is very important to the young people to know that you think of what they know what you think of what they are doing they are building their businesses here in Russia and of course they need support and encouragement we are not going to confine ourselves to Russia only recently we met met with members of Parliament Parliament from the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics, and agreed to cooperate, including in education and invite young people from these republics to to join the I am in business program. They also need youth brimming with enthusiasm, those who will be building a peaceful life in the future. We will support them. Thank you, Vladimir Putin. Thank you. Thank you for your proposals. The floor is yours, Mr. Vasilev. Vasilyev. Vasilyev is the head of the United Russian Parliamentary Faction. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Mr. President. My colleagues and I highly value today's meeting. Yesterday, while summarizing the results of the work of the government, Mr. Zuyuganov spoke about several issues that we assess differently, and my colleagues spoke about them today as well. He said that we have this wonderful opportunity to meet with you and discuss these issues together while listening to each other in your position. I listened carefully to my colleagues and I want to begin with the fact that you mentioned previously that our people can, in a remarkable way, define justice and make the right decisions. When elections to this parliament were held, certain events had not yet happened, but even then, people made the absolutely correct decision. Today Parliament showed that the test of political maturity in this very complex situation has been passed. Decisions were made that allowed the launch of the special military and political operation and the passage of legal resolutions on acknowledging the Donbass Republics, which as we see now has changed the global geopolitical situation, let alone what is happening now in our country. My colleagues have already spoken about this I can only agree with him. We have a huge potential, and my colleagues in particular, Mr. Zuyaganev, spoke about it today. He provided examples and said that we could make big strides forward, in particular, the New Virgin Lands program. Firstly, what has been done in agricultural commands respect. The Committee on Agriculture is headed by a representative of the Communist Party. By the way, our Deputy Speaker, Mr. Gordiev, has vast experience in this area and has been working on it. I believe that through such joint work with the government, with which we are in constant contact and with the Prime Minister, we can develop solutions that will be effective and that will not destroy what has already been done. They will help us move towards goals that we are probably only dreaming about and which have not yet been presented as models and have not yet proven themselves in real conditions of the unprecedented sanctions, pressure, and the constantly changing situation. Incidentally, today is perhaps a very important, incidentally, today this is perhaps a very important issue, and we could continue this discussion because the Prime Minister and the first Deputy Prime Minister raised the issue of what the model of the Russian economy will look like. Mr. Zuyaganev sees it like this. We can see that our economy must change from a catch up and import substituting development economy to an economy that is moving forward. We understand that in the current situation, it is clear that it will not be necessary to introduce a mobilization economy. (coughs) On the other hand, we have recently examined and adopted all these methods of of mobilization economy in several areas. In this context, a proposal was made that there should be a model that when facing problems, addresses them in a balanced manner and tests them, using some practices that exist in the areas of activity in the regions or in the best pilot projects. Today we have mentioned that a lot of training of modern managers is underway. I think that today, all of this, considering the rich representation of political parties in Parliament, and the sometimes varied approaches to solving the most complicated tasks, makes it makes it possible for our faction, which is the majority faction by the way. I want to thank you for making a proposal at the first meeting. We all remember this, not to divide according to the number of votes, but to do so in such a way that all voters can see their representatives in Parliament. This is a very prophetic decision, especially when the deputies started making such vital and faithful decisions for the country and for our citizens, I think it has worked out. Today, when we are all discussing certain issues, issues of cooperation, I believe in issues of the responsibility of everyone to one people, you were right in saying there are many parties, but there is only one motherland. Therefore, this is a very powerful potential that today provides a solution to problems, a way out of the most difficult situations, and most importantly will allow us, I'm convinced, to solve all the problems. My comrades spoke about and which, of course, there are and will be. I would also like to say that, of course, we all work together here, like our colleagues. Mr. Volodin has spoken about how many laws have been adopted about 50 percent were submitted by our colleagues but the rest were submitted by other factions and we voted on them almost in a consolidated way when it concerned the interests of the people when it concerned the interests of the country and when it concerned your policy you should also hear and know this because we talk about this all the time even when we disagree on something today mr Stress once again that he does not question what he hears from our president, this is very important, like with other factions, and there is a huge potential here. I will not go into detail, I will outline the scope of our work and my my colleagues will add more later. It includes support for combat veterans and their families, and expanding the number of categories of people who can be awarded the the status of combat veterans. I support the proposal of my colleague, Mr. Miranov. You he held a wonderful exhibition on combat veterans. It was a landmark event. Thank you for this, and of course, it is necessary to think about a commemorative date as far as it is possible. As I understand all of this, all of us support this issue. The hearing at the State Duma dedicated to education was a very important event. unprecedented, unprecedented in terms of scale. The first thing the deputies did was vote in the presence of the party leaders, our colleagues, for a transition from the term service to a more professional definition. Medicine is expecting the same from us. We also ask you, I think this is our common stance, to support this and deal with these issues as soon as possible. As for stimulating imports, we also support this and are resolving the issues related to it. I would like to draw your attention to one thing, Mr. Medvedev recently reminded me that we have not done something related to the draft law that we should have. The thing is, these so-called commissions based on payments, including utility bill payments, you understand what I'm talking about. They can reach 7%, Mr. President. This is a lot. We did the calculations. This work was being done very energetically but we have run into the consolidated position of the banks. We understand that this is a difficult time for everyone, but it is also difficult for those people who have to pay the seven percent. I am saying now in your presence and in the presence of my colleagues, we want to suggest, if not completely, the if not completely abandoning these commissions. We understand there is a cost for services; then at least significantly reducing them. 7% when a person pays their utility bills is a lot, isn't it? At least we in our parliamentary faction stand by this change. I think our colleagues will also support it. I would like to take this opportunity to mention another very important point, the Russian world. He once said, speaking about our inter-ethnic society, forgive me, I may not re- reproduce it exactly, that you are Chechen, English, and started naming other peoples. I can relate to that, thank you for saying it. I looked after this and asked the Ministry of Defense and my colleagues about the ethnic origin of those who are doing heroic deeds, performing heroically on the battlefield. There are dozens of ethnic groups. Essentially, what has happened now is that the Nationalists and the Bandarites, as my comrades said, and I echo this, are at war with the multi-ethnic people of Russia and the ethnic groups of Russia have stood in their way and demonstrated exceptional heroism. This is a tremendous strength. In that regard, I would like now colleagues to support what we already understand that our parliamentary factions should not compete over who brought more of what to Donbass. Mr. Ziyaganov speaks 19,000 tons while we speak about something else. We have already agreed Maybe we should gather in one convoy more often and let it be from several parliamentary factions. One more important detail. I saw recently a white Kamaz lorry with Armenians of Russia for Donbass written on it. It seems to me that we can also consider this seriously because our people are of many ethnicities and faiths. People are very eager to help. To help their sons, by the way. There is a good practice now in the Ministry of Defense and you, too, promptly celebrate our heroes. It does not say anything about ethnic origin, but many people understand everything at once. Therefore it seems to me we could use this aspect too. And finally, as time is limited, I would like to thank once again the colleagues with whom we work. You know that we sometimes have certain tensions, but we always find common ground. Why? because exactly as you said, we share the same country and people and the same president. Thank you. You know, when you, when you look at our United States Congress and some of the things that they do, do you see this level of cooperation and camaraderie? And if, if uh, I'm, I'm gonna go down the line, Democrat, Republican, you know, The Democrats know there are some good Democrats that are out there. But they fall in line with the rest of them and they don't stand. There are some good Democrats who are out there and they stand. And they say, no, this isn't right, what we're doing. You know, we need to stand together, united as a country. You know, when you look at what they're saying here, these different leaders of these different factions, you get an understanding that, they're putting aside their differences, their different egocentricities, and they're, they're doing this for the good of the country. The United States is in trouble for a lot of different reasons, and one of them is we can't put aside our differences long enough to become unified to get the country back together. And this is, this is sad. This is sad on so many different levels. <coughs> Mr. Putin goes on to say thank you very much some of our colleagues have noted that our special military operation will result in strengthening our sovereignty and this is true but the beginning of this operation did not have that goal it is a side effect an inevitable one but a side effect the main goal as I have said Vladimir Putin again is to protect the Donbass and strengthen the security of Russia. I would like to ask you something. You communicate directly with the people, with your voters. We are doing everything we need to do, supporting the armed forces. But I want to emphasize once again that our people who perform the combat missions there are truly the real heroes. I would like to note that the country continues to live peacefully, summer, holiday season, cultural life exhibitions white people are working under while people are flying while people are working under flying bullets do you see they are risking their lives and losing their comrades in battle for their motherland i am addressing you the deputies because the consolidation of society is very important but we need a national agenda to support the armed forces it is extremely important that our soldiers feel the support This will give them strength, and this is very important in achieving a final result. It will be achieved in any case, there is no doubt about that, but it will be easier for them to do this work, to carry out their combat missions if they feel the support and breath of the motherland on their backs, the support of our people. Now to social and economic issues, this agenda was quite busy and in high demand. Our colleagues said that perhaps this is a blessing in disguise for some industries and economic sectors. It is good that some have left our market. It is bad that there may be less competition, but we need to strive to maintain domestic competition. It's funny that they're talking about these different concepts that are tied to capitalism, but they're trying to call it socialism. It's just funny. Competition is one of the backbones of capitalism but like i say it's their understanding of what what they want if internal competition is ensured then both the quality and prices of goods will be at the proper level and everything that has been happening lately shows that the fundamental basic foundations of the russian economy have turned out to be much more stable than our ill wishers from abroad thought However, a lot of things will depend on us, on you, the deputies, in the near future in terms of supporting our economy, social sphere, the the necessary number of jobs, as well as encouraging the development of Russia in all areas and all the most important spheres. I would like to thank you all once again for your cooperation and express hope that we will continue to work like this together. All the best. Thank you very much wow wow things are are moving or changing and this was given on july 7th this is a transcript of the meeting of the duma for russia i hope this gives you a clearer understanding a, a clearer picture of what's really really going on behind the scenes you have to do research on your own and find out the truth of what Really is true. Truth will wait. This has been Christopher from Radiant Fire Radio. Thank you for joining us. God bless. Hello. Can somebody hear me? This is Montana Civil Defense. Come in here, Raven. Come, in. come on, Raven. He come in here, calling Raven is anybody there We're committed to excellence and truth as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. we're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you simple truths dealing with intellectual integrity far better than fox news and cnn combined please feel free to contact us with questions comments concerns at christopher radiantfire.org like us on facebook linkedin youtube amazon pandora iHeart radio and more until next time I was your overwatch einstein you can thank him later